All right, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Hot Widows Club podcast. I'm Crystal, the hot widow of Eric. And with me today, I have the very hot widow of Ross the Boss, Allie. Hello. And super special guest today, we have Katie, the very hot widow of Mark. Happy to be here. (laughs) We're so happy to have you. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. Allie, um, do you want to go on to explain how you know Katie? Katie was actually my swim coach. <laughs> Back in the day, in the I late 80s. Like <laughs> 90s, I think. I only worked at the pool from 1989 to 1993. No way. So, early 90s. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think I was on well, I would have only been 5 then. Yeah. Well, we started them young. Okay. <laughs> How do you know Katie today though, Al? Well, my mom really connected us again. So, my mom loves Katie. We go to the same parish Mm -hmm. and we actually, my mom was like, let's, I want you to meet Katie again because I had met her when I was younger, but Katie's a widow and she is just somebody that I think would be so good for you to meet because she has such an amazing story. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. But the other, I would say a year ago, my mom was like, let's go to this. What was it called? Hope? Night Night of of Hope. Night of Hope. So there was this night of hope at St. Robert's here in Omaha. And um, if you get the chance to go, if you're in Omaha, you should go. It's really a neat night. There's probably four speakers. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And they all kind of talk about how they got through something horrible in their life, like the struggles that they went through and how their faith really helped them through those hard times. And so Katie was one of the speakers. And I had never gone to this night before. And so it was my first time. And Katie got up there and she just gave this amazing speech. And I was just blown away by her speech. And I remember pieces of that speech because it touched me so much. And so I was just like, wow, I, I was crying. It was a really heavy night. And so I was like, man, I would love to meet Katie because The thing about Katie and what is so inspiring to me about Katie is that her faith, I wish I had that kind of faith. I really, really struggle with it. And Katie has just been like, nope, like hasn't let it go and really has focused on it. I feel like at least that's what I gathered from that speech. And I love that. Like, I I wish I had that, I guess. And so I really want you to share that if you if you feel comfortable so that's kind of where this it's all started. Okay. Cool. Al, what do you got for updates? Anything big? I can update you guys that I'm on the coast right now. So I'm I'm on the Bible Bay. Felt lots of Jesus in my life right now. Woo-wee! I was on the Outer Banks yesterday. <laughs> oh boy. Uh let's see. So yeah, I am visiting my sister in North Carolina currently. Aww. My best friend flew out here to meet me. And so Katie, my best friend from Duluth, y'all have heard me talk about her before. And my sister Heather have just been beaching it up for days. So um, I can't wait to send you my pictures, Al. I know. You sent a video this morning of a stingray. Yeah, I did. It's wild in the wild. When we were in Zion, we kept making jokes last summer about, oh my gosh, it's wildlife in the wild. And so... (laughs) The tarantula. Yeah. So all on the ocean, I've been like, it's wildlife in the wild. What a day. So, mm-hmm. um, Al, what do you got? What's your updates? Let's see. Well, start of football season. 
Huskers lost their first game. <laughs> that was sad. Let's talk about volleyball. Let's talk about that. That was amazing. Crystal, did you watch it? I did not watch it. I was in the air. No, no, no. I wasn't in the air. I, I had just gotten here. I didn't have. No. no I, Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night. Yeah. Katie, did you watch it? No, but I watched the aftermath of it. And I am just proud to be. So proud. A woman and a woman that used to be an athlete and from Nebraska. Yeah. And it was amazing. It's chills. Yeah. So for the listeners that aren't in Nebraska, um, our Nebraska team, the Cornhuskers, the women's volleyball team played at Memorial Stadium, which is our football stadium. There were how many fans? Like 92,003 or something like that. 92,000 fans. So they broke the world record. World of record. Of any woman's sporting event. Of any women's sporting event. Nebraska doesn't mess around. It, it just chills. I hope they do that again. The next morning, I happened to be watching the morning TV. Yeah. And the Today Show started with that. Oh, my God. No. They didn't do the first report on it. They started with an image of the stadium and said, you know, and then it had the number on top of it, how many were in attendance. And then they, you know, went to breaking news and then came back to it. But that was the first image. And I was so proud to be a Nebraskan. Wow. I have, I have like goosebumps now. That's amazing. That is really cool. And they played UNO and they played, yes. I think Wayne State got to play and Carney got to play. So it just showcased women athletes from Nebraska was really, or from all over. I mean, I guess you didn't have to be from Nebraska to be on the team. Amazing volleyball team we have for years. Their coach is so cool. Like he, it, he does amazing things. He's super inspirational. He knows how to do his job. He shows up every day. He's like Taylor Swift, right? You've heard me talk about this before, right? Know how to do your job and show up every day. It's half the battle and he knows right. how to do it. So that's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Um, I got an update. I went to Black Keys concert last weekend. Total chills, you guys. Like, I know Black Keys are a little older, like maybe outplayed, whatever their legacy might be over. But Eric and I used to traipse around Omaha, chasing these guys around all the time. And so we never missed a show in Omaha. Were you at the Sokol show? Every Sokol show. I probably went to two or three Sokol shows. Mark and I were there. Awesome. We're connected. Rock and roll always connects people. Yeah, I was definitely at a show at the Anchor Inn, a couple shows at SoCal. I don't know. They were cool. And so I went there with some good friends of mine and had an absolute blast. Totally could feel Eric there for sure. Like, you know, those moments where you just feel like that comfort and you just feel safe and you know that your dude is there. Yeah. And like you could feel it. Like I didn't see, I didn't have any signs. I didn't have anything besides that just internal feeling. And so that was super cool. And then this weekend, my friend went to Pearl Jam and they sent me a video and they were like, this reminds me of you and Eric. And it was um, Pearl Jam's cover of Last Kiss. And even though it was super hard to hear that song, that was always one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs and one that Eric would always talk about. He would always sing. He was always like, I don't know. He's just like, this song just reminds me of you, even though it's about dying, but whatever. So it was super cool that my friend connected that and sent me that song. So. Oh, is that Craig? Uh, no, Craig was there. It was yeah, my friend. Craig and Jesse. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. That was tons and tons of fun to see the Black Keys and and be connected to Eric again. So mm-hmm. thought I yeah. would share that with you guys. Well, I got to say, episode three of No Swearing. And I'm trying to oh, really yes. And I only have two more to go after this. I did get some feedback that someone's like, I miss the swearing. Uh, but only one person said they miss it. I'm sure the other 
50,000 listeners that we have are like, thank goodness she stopped. I was told there was a swear jar here for a quarter. <laughs> my kids, yeah, my kids started a swear jar. For you? No, I don't know. I think grandma started it, to be honest. But yeah, we have a swear jar at our house. Okay. <laughs> Why I'm not coming over anymore. <laughs> the vacation fund. You guys will be going to our fun pretty Disneyland. soon. Disneyland. <laughs> Apparently, Hanky wants to go to Disneyland. Um, No, I wanted to update you that you told me that you booked all of these uh, concerts and you said, I cannot do this again because she booked them all in January. And she was like, I don't know what I was thinking back in January, but don't let me do that again in January when I think, oh, I'm going to have a ton of fun in August and book a concert every weekend. Okay. So what I said <laughs> is January Crystal was very ambitious. Uh-huh, that's the word. Yes. You're very ambitious in January. So this trip to North Carolina, the fact that I'm even here, I forgot that I was going up until like a week. Even Allie was like, aren't you leaving town next week? And I'm like, shoot, yeah, I need to get ready for this trip. Because I've been so busy traveling around, checking out shows, living my life, being super crazy stressed. And so I'm glad I'm here, but I had no idea I was going on this trip. I totally forgot about it. So again, January Crystal is very ambitious. I'll I'll try to help you in January again. I think the exact words I said were hide my credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's see. Okay, so I just have one update. Hank's birthday is coming up. Allie, you guys, throws the absolute best birthday parties. When she tells us about Hanky's birthday party, you're going to be like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. Like, I wish this was my mom. I heard a past uh, episode where she said something about a dunk tank. And- oh, yeah. It's always like to the nines every time. That's awesome. Yeah. So, kind of to tie into that, he wants a rock star theme. So, we're doing Hank's tour around the sun. And <laughs> I'm sad about it. Uh, birthdays are hard. Mm-hmm. Birthday kid birthdays in particular are hard when their dad isn't physically here. Um, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that. I feel like the toddler baby phase is gone. So there's something about my youngest turning five that just is making me so sad. I'm going to cry because I feel like that whole phase is gone forever. And that is hard. It's just really hard for me. I understand that. I've had a hard time with my kid, like my youngest each year that he gets older. It's really hard to lose out on that baby phase What I've tried to do, I'm sure, Katie, your kids are a little bit older, too. You can relate to this, maybe. But I've tried to celebrate every, like, every moment has great times. Like, the toddler, like, even though it's over, the fact that I get to raise really cool humans each year as they mature and they grow and develop, I'm trying to focus on celebrating those moments versus missing the past, only as, like, a coping mechanism. Because, like you, I also am sad when my baby grows up. Like, I look at Ben and I'm like baby anymore I can't carry you anymore I can't like you're big and so as a coping mechanism I try to focus on all right here's what's in front of me right now versus what I lost because it's hard I think that's totally normal I mean I remember those feelings too and then I remember somewhere along the line of a first and last were always hard I feel like everything kind of got recalibrated after I always say my threat detection system got recalibrated after Mark died. Things that used to threaten me or throw me off a little bit 
just didn't have the same effect because you realized how very little control you really had. So you just kind of fall back into it from a faith perspective. But I used to really, the little Dr. Seuss line, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened, really kind of helped me. You know, like, don't hold too hard to the past because every new chapter has so much wonder, awe, joy, sorrow, everything mixed into it. But the next chapter is going to be equally as great. And I think of that as from a faith perspective, too. Just keep hoping there's more coming. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but just really trying to smile because it happened, but be in wonder and awe of what's yet to come. Yeah, Katie, I totally agree with you. That makes total sense to me. And I feel like for my fate, like my journey through grief, that's been a huge part of it. Like, okay, like what happened to me happened. I can't change that. I have no control over Eric dying. I have no control that my kids lost their dad. Like none of that matters. Like it's, it's out of my hands. I can only smile for what is in front of me. I can only look forward to what the future holds for me. And I'm young. I have so much life to live. I'm at a point now where I feel like I refuse to be held back by my grief anymore. And I think that kind of happened, especially in the last year, where I'm like, I'm smiling because of what's to come. And I'm okay with that. But I'm looking forward to what's in front of me. I've done some cool stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, I kind of had to switch stuff in my head a little bit, too, with a great psychologist that both Allie and I know um, said one time, well, you know, just keep in mind what you think about is how you're going to feel. And that's okay. Sometimes. I mean, he's not saying deny your feelings or whatever, but switching some things around. So I used to feel so sad that like Mark should be here. He should be here. Oh, he's missing this. He should be here. But now I kind of switch it to like, okay, I can't change that. He's not there. I wish I was so powerful that I could bring him back. But I switch a little thing in my head that helps to say, oh, yeah, he's not here. It's my job to bring him along, though. Yeah. So, like, we go on vacation, and I'm like, you guys, where do you think we're going to see dad in this? You know, kind of in that same wonder and awe of, like, okay, it's the twins' graduation. Okay, it's, you know, we, we went through milestone after milestone in 2019. Everybody graduated. Everyone got confirmed. Everyone, and it was just like... I was still in the depths of rolling up, you know, rolling on the floor in my closet in a fetal position crying. But somewhere along the line later, it was like, how can I bring Mark along with us in this where he is now? Like, how can I find him in this space, in this vacation, in this celebration? It's like more of a challenge to me of how to include him. That helps me. Mm-hmm. Me too. I try to do it in a joyful manner, too, versus sad. But I don't deny the sad when it's time to be sad. Yeah. Like we were driving. And so we were driving on the beach here and I had rented a Jeep. And so my kids were so excited to take the top off the Jeep. It was such a big deal to them. And my wedding song came on. Oh, that's awesome. It was so special. And so I was, um, it was actually our first dance song. I don't know if you call it your wedding song or not. What was it? David Gray, This Year's Love. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Th- that was when I walked down the aisle too. Um, it was um, Van Morrison, Into the Mystic. Oh, I love that song. And so I'm just singing it and everyone is singing along. And we were having like a very sad, joyful moment. I don't deny the sad moments when they need to be sad, but I celebrate the happy when it should be happiness. Because like you said, we're out of control. It's not ours to manage anymore when you lose someone. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen, um, I think it's Mamma Mia too. I became, I'm a big Mamma Mia fan, the movies. Have you seen them? I haven't. Okay, I have an assignment for you guys. And I 
see them both. And my kids are going to be like, mom, why don't you know this? But I think it's the second one. There is a scene and I'm not going to wreck it, but it's the like almost the ending scene. And when I first saw that was after Mark had died a couple years later, I watched this movie. I was home alone and I had the most beautiful cry for as long as I wanted to. But it was the images in that movie, that scene, not going to give it away, but you're going to have to go see it, is exactly how our hot men are in our lives still. Okay. Someone has passed in this scene and there's a special occasion happening, happens to be happening in the church and this angelic presence. I have goosebumps right now because as I look forward and we all look forward to these occasions with our kids, uh, whether it be sacraments or everyday occasions, things that we really want them here it is the thing that defines how they are here. So you got to watch this. Okay. Be prepared to just feel it all. Okay. But it's amazing. And that for me, I have to visualize. Mm-hmm. So I have to, that's, that's how I feel about it. But when I saw it, I was like, this is exactly mm-hmm. how I have it in my head that he still is. He's not was, he still is, but he's some, this is how it is. He's around like kind of Holy Spirit-ish. Yeah. I, I in these feel that. major occasions mm-hmm. and minor occasions. I, f- I feel more in the minor, yeah. to be honest. But watch this because okay. it's going to define the presence of what we think. Okay. Thank you. It's amazing. I can't wait for my homework. Yeah, the homework I'm is I'm going to download it, see if I can watch it on the airplane. I have some upcoming travel coming again because sometimes I'm more ambitious than I think I should be. I have a work trip next week. I just hired the coolest person. I, You know how you meet people, you know they're cool, like... When I met Allie, I'm like, I just know you're cool. Like, Katie, I can just feel your energy. And I just hired the coolest person. Aww. So I have the coolest job where I get to be like a people consultant within my business. It's a really big business. And so I get a lot of opportunities to meet a ton of new people. And I hired this girl for my team. And it's like, when you know, you know. So I'm super stoked to go meet her and onboard her. But I'm headed out of town again next week. And I'm super I'm dreading the travel because East Coast travel is such a pain in the butt. To get anywhere from Nebraska, it's so hard. But I'm going to put that on my uh, airplane list because I love to have good cries on the airplane. Or a good shower cry. Uh-huh. And Allie, you're big on song lyrics and there's a song. It's with a song. Okay, so last episode, I shared a pink song. Today, I just feel the need to keep sharing lyrics. Um, this is by Will Dempsey. It's called Beat You There. Have you heard this one, ladies? I haven't. I'm excited to hear it. Okay. Let's see how far I can get without crying. (laughs) I don't know why God always takes the good ones first. And man, I've tried to be strong and carry on, but damn, this hurts. And I just wish that I could talk to you again somehow, some way, even if it's for a moment so I can hear you say, don't cry for me. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm better than you know, and this life can be a shorter ride. So don't waste it on sorrow and just hold on to those moments and the memories we shared. We're both headed for the same place anyway. I just beat you there. Woo, baby. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. That's sort of our outlook. Some days it's easier than others. Yeah. It does get easier as time goes on. Those of you guys who are in this journey, newly in this journey, you know, at two and a half years, I thought I would never get to a spot where I could exist, where I could get out of bed and put on underwear and <laughs> brush my teeth and make it out the door 
And now, like, it's just getting easier. It's getting easier. It's getting more normal. It's not the biggest event in my life anymore. And I'm kind of sad about that. But I'm also really joyful that I've got Eric in my heart. I've got him in my kid's heart. I've got him in our lives. But it's getting easier. So for anyone who's new in this journey, exist in these moments. Exist in the pain, exist in the sorrow, cry in your closet, cry in your shower, cry in your car, do all those things, but see hope that it can become a part of you in a way that's really special. So if you got to lose your husband, finding peace in that love, I think that's the coolest part about what we get to do. It's like feeling like a human again. I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm like, I feel like a human again, but I also have so much weight on my shoulders. I don't know how to get rid of that weight. I don't know if it's just where I'm at, but I feel so much weight on my shoulders. And Responsibility, I don't, like new yes, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yes, that I think is what's weighing me down. And then on top of that, just trying to also figure out my grief. But I do feel like a human, more like a human than I did a year ago and the, in the year before that. But it's the weight. It gets me. And with that weight, you kind of feel like, when am I going to see the light? When am I going to feel like I don't have all of this weight on my shoulders? Because that's how I feel day in and day out. Have you figured out the fear, like if there's something that you're really afraid of? I think the fear is not having my kids. That's the big thing. Because they honestly- I'm sitting in front of you. Mine are all out of the house. What if it all works out? I know, Katie. It's not an original line, but I- like, like <laughs> I'm not going to claim it as my own, but I love it as well. I've heard it as well. Yeah. But like, that's how you kind of challenge yourself. But what if it won't? Because it's so hard when we get out. Right. We all do it. Yeah. You you get out too far ahead and it's scary. And then I just listened to a little something on Instagram the other day and the person's like, we'll interrupt it with, but what if it all works out? And I was like, I do like that. Yeah. So I just heard it the other day. <laughs> Allie, I wonder if. And so I can't remember now because of my trauma and my grief. I wonder if we would feel this way, even if our spouses were here because of the age our kids are, because of the demands of our career, we would have had the demands of our relationship, our household. All of that still would have been there. No, so, I don't agree with that at all. Because you feel, share the weight. I 100% think my life would be so much easier with him here. That is the weight that I carry. I carry everything on my shoulders. Like Ross was 50-50. It was... He was doing house stuff or our finances and or you name it, like helping with drop off at school and yeah. sports. And I, I that's all on me now. And it's it's just a lot. And I, I was just I had to put it in words that's of good. like, I feel like a human, but I also feel like I have so like I literally feel like I have two like, I don't know, pillars on my shoulders. It's like pushing me down. OK. And I don't know. And it's just the problem of not seeing the light of how that fixes without having someone to else to take on that. Does that I'm make really sense? hoping that as you start and your son is, I mean, one's not even in your Catholic school yet and one's mm-hmm. just yeah, getting started. He's in Montessori. I'm really hoping as you get going in that journey that you start to really benefit from the community there. Because I had a different timeline on my, you know, losing Mark. So we were at the end of that. And so I had already had those friendships, but there is so much 
community there that I hope that you start to really feel included in that and that you have people all around you to help carry some of that weight. And that's my prayer for you because I was sort of at the other end of like, what am I, how am I going to survive without all these people? Because they carried me along. And now like my girls graduated from that school and went to high school and I was like, you're leaving them all behind. And it's like, who am I now? You know? So I'm really hoping that you have a similar experience to me, that that community just grows around you Mm -hmm. as you get more involved in activities there. Yeah. Thanks, Katie communities are that way. I feel like, you know, I'm not, we're not in the private school. We're not in the Catholic school. Yeah. And I am so blessed to have the community that I have too. Like even today, like my friends, Heather and Jesse, I was talking about earlier, they're not only the coolest people in the world I get to go hang out with at cool concerts, but they also take care of my kids. And, you know, I have so many friends that just lift us up every day and take care of us and to help carry that, take that burden off my shoulders. I think Eric and I were a little different out I always carried all the burden. I was the breadwinner. I was the one who took care of the finances. I took care of everything in the house. Everything was always on my shoulder. So I wonder if that's maybe why I'm feeling a little different in in that respect, like processing. Like I wonder if I would have always felt the way that I feel today or not. I don't know. Eric was one heck of an errand runner. Yeah. We were kind of 50 50 ers. Yeah. But I also had older kids. So I had drivers and I had things like that, that kind of, they just had to kind of start assuming more responsibility as well. Yeah. And then I had this funny image that I created. I think it was in 2020 because I had a few things happen to me that were unpleasant and I was feeling the why me, I, what I really need is a husband right now, a partner. And they were funny, but I had like this (laughs) kind of daydream of myself in this starchy military uniform and that, that I was earning like stripes or medallions for (laughs) accomplishing these hurdles of things I never wanted to do. Yeah. But suddenly they were in my column because I was the only, if I don't do them, no one's doing it. Like hellacious mountain driving on a trip with my kids one time, like off a cliff. And they were all like, mom, mom, like, I'll get you out of this. I've never smelled this (laughs) brand of sweat coming out of my glands, but I'll get us out of it. (laughs) And like, you know, sewer backing up in the basement things where I'm, crying out on the deck and the kids said to me mom look there's a cardinal I'm like I don't need a cardinal I need a husband yeah so (laughs) moments like that but then I always like proudly like in my mind put a new patch on this starchy uniform of like I never knew that I could be an expert in I like that fertilizer my neighbor (laughs) this morning I was getting ready to leave and he's like what are you doing today I'm actually recording a podcast oh could I ask you what you're doing to your lawn it really looks nice (laughs) And I said, this makes me really proud, a proud widow moment because you're the second man on my small cul-de-sac that has asked me what I'm doing with my yard. So there oh, you go. There's another patch Katie, on my uniform. You I go, have, girl. I have mastered yard chemicals. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's big. That's huge. <laughs> Celebrate the little things when you can like get out of the area that you were the expert of. And Yeah. I don't uh, know. I know. I know. I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie, you had that. Remember when you had the water main break and the sprinkler break all yes. this week? And all you this were house like, stuff. I don't, I'm like, what are you doing to me? I, <laughs> yeah. And you did it though. You're a beast. Yeah. They had to, I mean, I had to, I couldn't do it. I, <laughs> but, you, but you were the, the project manager. I was the leader. Yeah. I was like, okay, we got to do this, this, this. They had to go all the way to the street, like, like uh, clear out. Yeah. The, I had that. I had that one. I had the, the waste in my basement. Yeah. Waste. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this house needs some leadership. I'm about to. Uh, yes. I'm like, this project. Oh my gosh.
We should dive into Katie's story. I'm so excited to hear it. Please start from the beginning. Like, how did you meet your husband? Where did it all start? Okay. Well, we kind of, the little prelude to that was Mark and I met in 1989 at a private swimming pool in West Omaha, (laughs) where Allie and her little siblings were scampering around the pool and (laughs) taking swim lessons and stuff. And we were, so we were lifeguards in love. And he was a public school boy and I was a Catholic school girl. And we just, the classic summer love story. And I was like, what are we going to do when we go back to school? And then we stayed together. And then, so that was our, then we were seniors that year. We went to each other's dances. And then I went to a different college than him the first year because I couldn't separate whether I was, you know, going, why I would go to school with him. And, And anyway, I transferred my sophomore year. So we went to college together. We got engaged our senior year in college. Oh my gosh. And we were best friends and just amazing partners for 24 and a half years. We have five great kids together. Everything I ever wanted. Uh, Healthiest guy on the block. Like I used to see like a commercial, a running commercial in my head after he died of like 10 47 year olds and he would like line them up in order of risk factors and maybe like list the risk factors above their head and he had none absolutely none not no meds washboard abs worked out every day faithful guy like had it all in balance you know and so I always say well this was kind of cruel it was the thief in the night approach so whereas I didn't have to watch him suffer we didn't have any preparation so I mean, I remember vividly things that happened in January of 2019. Uh, We had been, at that time, really working out a lot together, running and doing group fitness classes at our gym. And so in really good shape. And he, that day, like I had been at the gym early in the morning and he was up fiddling with our dishwasher that was broken. And he did a Bible study on his own every morning, which I was always awe-inspired by. just started the, the day that way. And then we just kind of went about our busy life, busy lives. We had two in college, one in high school and two in grade school. And we kind of had our day. And then we were going to meet that night at a basketball game. My son was a high school basketball player. So we went about our day. Mark went, he was in sales. He went to Lincoln for the day with clients, came back, went and swam a mile at the gym, uh, came back, took the clients out to dinner in Omaha and had the hangover burger, which I kind of like now, because if, if you're going to have a last supper, <laughs> yeah. the hangover burger and two beers is what it should be. Oh. So that actually brings me joy. I still have the receipt on his shelf in the closet, which remains kind of a shrine for me of just oh, little things. Yeah. But because it makes me smile and that doesn't make me cry. It makes me smile that yeah, you should have a hangover That's burger so on your la- for your last meal. And so then we met out at the high school for the basketball game, sat through an incredibly exciting basketball game. And came home and we we rode home together because one of my older kids drove his car home and just kind of comparing our days because it had been a really busy day. And it was kind of a weird night. It was January and it was clear and like really moonlit. And as we were pulling out of the high school, which is in the country, it was kind of magical out. It was like really beautiful night and kind of foggy. We just were comparing notes with each other. He's like, you so inspired me today with getting up and sticking with your fitness routine. And I was like, you inspire me because you start the each day, like breaking the gospel open to center your life. 
And so we just had the most lovely conversation. And then it and then it skipped to like Cox Communication was there today. They fixed this and the suburban needs to go in and get this work done. And like it was like, you know, just your typical day. But it was nice, which would be the last conversation. So we came home. I was dog tired because I got up at 515 that morning at the gym. The twins were the only ones home because one of our sons was boarding in high school and the other two were away at college. So I just went to bed eating a protein bar. Half of it was there when I woke up the next morning, fell asleep. And I woke up at midnight and the lights were on in our bedroom. And I was not immediately alarmed because I'm a snorer, I've been told. So if I was ever, you know, well started on my snoring, he had beds to choose from since we had kids away at college. We had three open beds. And so wasn't really worried. I was more annoyed. Like, why would you bail out and leave the lights on. Now it's midnight and I'm awake. So I got up to shut the lights off. And then I was like, well, weird. The dog's in here, which is good. We always lock her in with us. But the door was open. So I went to shut the door. But thankfully, I, I thank God that I did this now. I looked out. And we live in a story and a half. And I looked down the hall and there were lights on in the kitchen. So I went out to find out why there were lights on in the kitchen. And then I found him next to our kitchen island. Collapsed. And so I ran over to him and like shook him. And I pretty much think at that moment I was in complete shock, but like, oh, this is really bad. I mean, cold, colorless. So I ran into my bedroom, got the cell phone, called 911 and started doing CPR on him. And I remember the lady telling me like, and I said, this is not going to work. I mean, he's making weird sounds. And she's like, what sounds? I'm like, no, it's like dry. It's like done. And she's like, just, you got to just keep coming. They're on, the help is on the way. So the next thing I know that like they're beating on the door and because I had forgotten to unlock the glass door and that woke the twins up and then the twins came oh. down and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, dad's sick. What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I just found him. He's sick. And so basically the rescue team came and that was nice, but nobody could do anything. And I just remember sitting there like screaming in my, in myself, like, like I couldn't even get words, but like somebody do something like we were all just kind of being held back and they were all standing around him. And then like life went still after that. So uh, that's what happened. And so then, you know, it's just a night of stuff because you got to when someone I don't know if your husband's passed away in the home, but you got to wait for various, you know, professionals to come to your house to certify and so forth. And um so I was in complete shock. And I remember going into my bathroom, like walking around in circles in my pajamas going, I just need some more adults. I need some more adults. And so the twins were trying to call my sisters and my parents and they didn't get a hold of anybody because it's 1230 at night. And so all of a sudden I hear a voice on the other line and they had just gotten cell phones for their eighth grade birthday. And I said, not him. They called Mark's dad but his mom and dad are awesome but they live in Michigan and I was like unprepared to deal with that oh my gosh. but I heard his voice and he said what's wrong what's wrong and I said Mark died and he's like my Mark and I said yeah and so then his mom got on the phone and said call a priest and the most beautiful thing is they're not even Catholic and she said to me in that moment call a priest and I was like that's really solid advice so I don't know what happened after that, but I called a priest and then um, our young priest came over and spent the night with us and prayed with us and listened to us and um, anointed Mark and was just there until the coroner came and so forth and 
spent what felt like until like 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And then he said, you guys have got to lay down for two hours because this house is going to start spinning as soon as this news breaks. And solid advice. He was like, people mean really well. And there will be an abundance of grace, but you have to give a lot of grace too because people get uncomfortable and they don't know what to do or say and they mean well. And that's what happened. So the long and short of that is we were blessed with an amazing community. They put us on their backs and carried us for the next months, fed us, visited us, prayed for us. I am just thankful that it wasn't during COVID because everybody surrounded us to the point of when they would leave, they're like, I don't really want to be alone, you know, but it felt kind of good to be just with the kids. But uh, anyway, that's what happened. And then I kind of got obsessed about why, why did it, cause I couldn't sleep to save my life. Yeah. So I would research all night long or cry or intermingle the two. So then I went down a road where all the kids went through children's cardiac department, uh, cardiology and you know, they all had to do stress tests and so forth. And the good news is they all came out good. But then children's had a funded study, a DNA study. So they tested Mark and nothing came back. Really one thing of unknown statistical whatever is what they told me. So not no answers. But ultimately, he died from a heart arrhythmia. Okay. Because the autopsy came back and it was like, you know, a sudden cardiac death due to a probable dysrhythmia. And they were saying possibly myocarditis. And I had never heard of that until COVID. Yep. 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 And then I was like, wait, maybe they were telling the truth because I was just like, ah, what does this mean? You know, but then everybody heard of it after COVID because it was the thing, a little heart inflammation, which is just baffling because, you know, to swim a mile and he was a really fast, good swimmer is the biggest cardiac workout you can get so that I went through a lot of why didn't it happen there where someone could help him? Why didn't it happen at the exciting basketball game where there's an AED and I know how to use it, you know, because it just didn't. I don't know. So, no, the universe, it picks and chooses. Uh, it picks and chooses when, why, where, and it's so out of everyone's control. And I, like you, asked all the questions. Eric was a very, very healthy too. In fact, I always, I tell people, Eric was the healthiest person I knew until like this one time we had this one minor issue with leukemia and he died. Because mm -hmm. it's like, how do the healthiest people have the worst outcome, it feels like? And then you do look at people who have such an unhealthy lifestyle and they're living their best life. And it's like, hey, maybe you're onto something. Right. Maybe smoking, drinking, fast food, like all that stuff. Get after it. You know what I mean? I know. It is baffling. So from there, tell me kind of how things went. So yeah, get your big girl pants on and get going kind of thing. So people were surrounding us and carrying us. But by about May, I had a college graduation, two, two confirmations and Grade school graduations was kind of a big deal in a Catholic school. Um, and then moving some kids home from college and then, or yeah. And then um, traveling for basketball, you know, just stuff that we used to divide and conquer. Mark was supposed to take the eighth graders on a trip to DC. And suddenly I was the eighth grade trip to DC. But, you know, some of those things, as I look back, I was just starting to come out of the fog. I read this also in a grief book, a couple different images. I like images, as I've told you. But that like grief or being a person experiencing grief, living with it is sort of like being a person 
in a whole body cast and everything hurts. And gradually as you heal, pieces of that cast fall off and you might notice like I'm getting a little freer movement like in your body cast of this area or that, but it's ever so gradual. Yeah. You know, but I kind of liked that too, where you can't tell, but you know, you're healing because parts of it are feeling better, but parts of it are still immobile. So I remember that summer kind of being like that. And then the next fall, you know, starting in a new school, kind of leaving that grade school community behind and moving to high school. And, and then COVID was the next year. I'm like, this is cruel. You know, um, what? The same thing. Like I'm the only adult that weight that you talked about, Mm -hmm. Allie, like I'm the only adult and the world has never been through this. And how am I supposed to tell my kids and what are we supposed to do? And we're all locked in here together. And, and then they're all talking about myocarditis and I'm like, well, that, that really does kill healthy people, you know? So just, I think gradually earning those stripes on that uniform just by one step at a time and taking that next best step and letting people help you around you or putting out the signal like, Hey, you know how you said, you ever need anything, you know, that classic line that everybody says, cause they don't know, like, Hey, just let me know if you need something kind of taking people up on it every once in a while, you know, I don't, um, I was telling Allie a few weeks ago, I have, so probably that, well, I was actually telling my kids, um, my daughter had wanted something and she didn't communicate it to me well at all. And I didn't give into it. I didn't give into it because I was using it as a teaching moment that, Um, I, when, what I said was, Hey, when Eric, when daddy died, a lot of people wanted to help mommy and I wouldn't, I would be like, Oh, okay. Thanks. You know, have a good day. You don't know what I need and you don't know how I feel and this sucks and blows. So just get out of my house. I love you for being here, but I hurt so you don't get it. And then I would get angry at people for not just reading my mind and knowing that I need it. And these are my best friends. I would get angry at them. And then like finally, like eight or nine months in, I realized, Crystal, you aren't communicating well to these people. Like these people are begging to do something for you to take a weight off of your shoulder and you aren't communicating. So I, I told her, I said, Amelia, you need to communicate well what you need in your moments, because if you don't learn how to do that, you will disappoint yourself. And I used as a daddy, the daddy situation when I was like, I some of my best friends I was frustrated with because I wasn't communicating with them and they were doing everything they could do to help me. Yeah. It's hard to ask for help though. It really is. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is hard. I remember our psychologist friend telling me, well, you know what, right now is your time to ask. And then there'll be a time where you're going to be the one that needs to show up. Mm -hmm. So don't keep a scorecard on, Oh, I'm just always accepting help and whatever. He's like, People want to help you now. And then when you're feeling better and you're feeling stronger, there will be someone else that you need to help, you know? So that kind of helped. I don't know. I always felt guilty with what everyone was doing for me. And he's like, no, get over it. Let people help you. You know, sometimes you do have to be coached. Yeah. I doubt that they remember as much as we remember. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, remember that one time I asked Allie for help or something? I remember that. Like the chances that Allie even remembers that. It's just second nature for most people. Like, oh, I'll just show up. No problem. No big deal. Right. But I carry but to the be the one. Yeah. The yeah. scorecard sort of. Exactly. God, using help is it's the most amazing thing in the world. It's so freeing sometimes. Like with Katie being here, my friend from Duluth, I was telling my sister, I was like, it is so nice having her here because she's 
I mean, I've known Katie since high school, and so she knows everything about me. And so this morning we woke up to go watch the sunrise, and Katie had, my sister only has a Keurig, right? And I don't know why she only has a Keurig. Like, if you're not drinking a pot of coffee a day, (laughs) we're not best friends. And so she only has a Keurig, and so Katie knows that every morning I need a big cup. And so she brewed two Keurigs for me, and it was ready and waiting for me. To get up. Oh, what a That's amazing. That's a sweet friend. I know. It's the best. And so, like, I don't even have to ask her. She just shows up and does it. And I know that. And so. I kind of have a play on that right now. Yeah. To Allie's point of, like, my worst fear is the kids are all gone. And I'm experiencing that now for a few weeks. So I have had to start using my coffee timer the night before so that it's made for me. And so I'm joining the coffee. Because I used to hate that right after Mark died. Like. I used to call him the tone setter. We were both early risers, but he was always earlier. So it was really nice because you could join in a day where someone was already up. Lights were on. You might smell eggs cooking or coffee brewing. And it just was like warm and cozy to Mm -hmm. join someone in a day. And I remember those gray, dull, sad months of January 2019, all winter. It was the coldest winter on record. I mean, it's so bad if you can think back to that. But I'm like, the world froze over when Mark died. But anyway, it did. But I remember scampering out and like it would the grief would start like cold wood floors, dark house, no smells, no, co- you know, sad, yeah. like so sad. And I'm like, OK, sister, you got to chip away at this. What can you do? It's not here. Like, what can you do? I can turn some music on right away. So I feel some com- put some lamps on, burn a candle, you know, so I'm kind of doing those things now that I'm used to getting used to a quiet house again. Like, OK, I will start the coffee the night before. So I get up and, you know, do those things. I love that. But it's okay. It's been okay. It's been okay so far. You know, it's kind of fun to go to the store and go, what do I want? Like, I haven't been asked, what do I want to do since I was 25? Because we had kids pretty young. Oh, Katie, man. What are you going to do, Katie? So like, I'm going to, I'm going to help you, Allie. Just dangle that carrot out there somewhere that someday it's just going to be all about you. Wow. I mean, you treated me this morning with donuts and And coffee. coffee. And tea. Thank you. That's the way to Allie's heart. It is. Yeah. Food and drink. So it's not that scary. It might just work out. Oh, man. We have some some good chapters, girls. I agree. I mean, I can't wait to plan and scheme with you guys. Because I told Allie, I put together a group of people that we called, wow, Widows of West Omaha. (laughs) And there's like 12 of us. And we haven't met for a while because stupid COVID got in the way and then the rebound stuff got in the way. And some, you know, some people had lost due to COVID and it just seemed not right to gather people during that. So we haven't gathered for a while, but we just did wine nights at my house. Let's do it again. Yeah. With no agenda. Just come, chill, hang, share, share resources, you know, like uh, go to Education Quest for college funding assistance and go to this person for estate planning and, you know, like, or just like, Oh, I'm having the hardest time because this just no agenda, but it was really great. And it was just all mom still raising kids. Yeah. It is a, such a unique community and I can't believe where we live. Like it's so large. Like there's so many people. It's scary in some way. It is. It's frightening for our population to have the number of widows our age available in Omaha. And I, um, I think about that all the time. It's like that just seems baffling to me. I wonder if other communities experience the amount of young loss. I know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was telling Allie when we met a couple of weeks ago that I have a dream to gather widows and widowers kind of in a like faith slash social atmosphere, but I just can't land on how to put it all together because I don't really want to exclude people. But in this case, what I'm looking for is um, people that are still raising kids. Do you ever stop raising kids? Well, there's your point. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we just, we're always parents. Once you become a parent. I, I don't know, other than Allie and I talked a little bit about this, grief is grief. But I think sometimes if you're in a group with people that are pretty close to the stage of life you're in, yeah, it might, it's sometimes more helpful than like, oh, I've absolutely. tried some grief groups that were very nice people, but I couldn't relate. So that's kind of what I was getting after, yeah. I guess, with this faith gathering group, um, not to, but that's my heart doesn't want to exclude anybody, but I'm looking for like, yeah, no, I lifestyle sense. I think there's a, as we just said, a, a, a group that needs it. So there's a need for it yeah, because we're all raising kids and it, it's hard to be, feel alone doing that. Yeah. I, I see a lot of value in the people who are at the same stage in life. It's harder to relate to people who are much more mature, you know, who've got many more years of marriage and many more years of raising kids together and navigating life. And we just have different like t- weight on the shoulders, like. Right. A lot of other people, depending on your decisions as a solo parent and those kind of things that I think it just helps to visit with others that um, just can listen and understand or maybe offer some tips or tricks. Um, I find it less lonely to me too be with others that are have either found a way around something or just just can really understand with their whole heart what you're going through. I agree. You know, even I I don't want to downplay at all those who lose people later in life either, because I think that they have a whole new set of challenges that I can't understand. I can understand the death part, um, but I can't understand the the loneliness and running a household by yourself when you're in your 70s or 80s. And, you know, that whole navigation of end of life type. Absolutely. I would say the same is true there where they would probably rather be in a group of like-minded people that are facing the same things, you know, do I downsize? Do I, I mean, it's just some different issues that go with different age groups. Right. I have an idea, Al. I want to pitch it to you. Okay. And to you, our Hot Widows Club podcast listeners, I think we should do a call-in night. People just call in and ask us questions. Okay. Like a radio? Like a radio show. That's right. This is a radio podcast night. Or could they submit questions ahead of time or something? And then you just deal with like hot topics facing we, the Hot Widows Club members of today. We've tried that, but nobody submits questions. Oh, I'll get I'll get my wow group going. All right. Okay. We need, yeah, we need to put like a poll out there, Al, like onto socials or like out into the world and see if we can find a way to get questions for hot questions for the Hot Widows Club podcast. Keep it PG. This is, We're not getting any more X-rated Oh, Please, no. no X-rated. Are there widowers in the Hot Widow Club podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, and widowers, too. Quiet. They're definitely quiet. Yeah, we have a lot of hot widowers. Yeah, that's good. I don't know as many hot widowers. but Oh, we don't know a lot. We know more widows, for yeah. sure. Um, we definitely know more widows, but we have some. We have a couple. At least ones that are vocal. We don't know how many behind the scenes listen to us. 
So I heard you guys like signs too. Yes. What are oh, your signs? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You love signs. So I was, I call Mark the DJ in the sky, mm-hmm. the DJ from heaven. So like you, Crystal, we went to a lot of concerts. That was his thing. He was in a music club and like where a lot of people are in book clubs. He was in a music club and they met at a bar once a month and they would banter over themes and such genres. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's really into that. But anyway, I have probably on my Apple Music playlist, I don't know, 3,000 songs, and I play them on shuffle. And I'm not kidding you. The songs that come up just when they're supposed to, like, it's on random. Yeah. It is. I do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Mark. And I, like, talk out loud to him. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, me The too. first Sunday, <laughs> the first morning after I was alone when I dropped oh. the girls off at school, I came back the next day and I was kind of, I didn't have the coffee made. The house was dark, blah. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. At least I have my two doodles. I, I tell everyone I sleep with two hot dudes every night. <laughs> They're golden doodles. <laughs> but anyway, they were looking at me and I was looking at them and I was like, I might cry, but I don't really feel like it right now. So we went for a long walk and then we came back and on the walk, I cried down Pacific Street because the song All By Myself came on, that old, oh like, my All God. By Myself. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, this is mean, Mark. This is mean. Like, like I don't movie. need it. Yeah. <laughs> but then that sometimes, like, the most joyful songs come on. And yeah. so, anyway, I love signs. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Because Cardinals and Mark is a big rainbow producer, too. Like, he, he, oh, he and God conspire to show rainbows i got one on my golden anniversary this year in delaware wow like even in other states oh you rock mark yeah yeah i love it i love yeah. those signs absolutely love them tell me about your best sign so yours is the dj in heaven mine is the weatherman like we he always brings the best weather oh my god like whenever there's a big day it's just the weather is amazing that is cool yeah and, and I swear the days that I'm the saddest, like it's raining, yeah. like he's crying too. So yes, wow. I'm very much into the weather I, and that nature. That is really neat. Yeah. Does your weight feel less on those days when you feel that sign? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know. I have a, so because of your speech, every time I hear invisible strings, oh, I think of you, Katie. Yes. Taylor Swift. I love that song. That is my, okay. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So. What's the story behind it? I just, because Mark and I, our love language from heaven is music and it comes on at the right times. The Invisible String by Taylor Swift is like there's an invisible string tying me to you. And it gives me such peace to know that. There is though. I mean, like I'll say to Mark sometimes on the tough days or on the joy, whatever, on the days, like, please send help, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. I love that. I do feel connected still. It doesn't mean that I'm not lonely. But when I can dial into that and just be like, what am I supposed to be doing now, Mark? Can you please like, like as an intercessor, like send help. Like I believe, (laughs) but I'm not sure which way I'm supposed to go. Or even now, like in this empty nest phase, like show me a sign, God, where am I headed? I'll do it. I'll do the work. You just got to show me. Show me. Yeah. So what does the next phase look like for you, Katie? Like, what do you have? Like, what's in front of you? What are you thinking? I kind of have the open hands thing. I am trying to look at it with wonder and awe instead of and kind of quell the fear. So I don't feel really afraid, but I feel excited. 
but I don't know. I'm just letting it unfold. I have a very busy fall of fun stuff on the docket still with the kids, but the grown up kids are really fun. You guys, they're really fun. I bet. So you're visiting college campuses and going to events and going to concerts and ball games and they're planning it. It's fun. Oh, so that next phase nice. is fun. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of going to see all of them for different reasons and, and then the holidays will be here. So Katie, there's a lot of joy in that. I think you should, I'm sure you do. I don't, you don't need me to tell you or validate this, but you know, you guys probably raised some really cool kids because of your foundation that you built in your relationship. And so I think that is, I think that's really, really interesting. And you should celebrate how cool of a job you did that they can be planning and doing all the things that you guys love today. They are great kids. And I mean, they've had to grow up with some stuff, you know, and like, so we've had really good discussions I feel like they're on a good track emotionally, too, because we just had to kind of draw together. The night Mark died, it came from heaven because I'm not that wise. But something truly came over me kind of after, like, all the people left is I kind of called them together in a little circle. And I said, I have no idea why God has called us to this moment. Like, I have no idea. But all I know is it is not our excuse to derail or to have it be an excuse the rest of our life. because. Your dad was an amazing person, and that is not the legacy that we leave, that we we went off the rails when my dad died. We No, we are reaching for higher heights, and we are going to move forward in faith. So that is kind of, guess, what I'm trying to do this fall, too. You know, like, I don't know, but I've been knocked off my feet before, and I realized I had very little control, so all I'm doing is kind of surrendering it to, like, show me the way, and I'll do my best to do it, you know? Love that, Katie. Yeah. That's cool. So when I met you a couple weeks ago, you said something about there's a place here in Nebraska that you recommended I go to just be. Yeah. So I started this before Mark died. There are silent retreats in Nebraska, and there was a beautiful retreat center built called the Cloisters on the Platte. And for women, there's a waiting list, but it's worth getting on the waiting list because you will get in. But it is a silent retreat that is guided by a Jesuit And they start on Thursday after work and they wrap up on Sunday after lunch. And you go and you are required to go to, I can't remember how many sessions. I'm going to make it up. I think it's like eight or 10 sessions, you know, that you listen to thought provoking topics from a Jesuit on the spiritual exercises of Ignatius of Loyola. And then there's free time that they can maybe guide you what you might want to ponder or pray about or do. And then the rest of it's kind of free time. And it is literally silent. But it is so awesome once you settle in. And it's a gorgeous facility out, you know, in Ashland. And you spend the weekend there with Jesus. Like, I'm always like, Ooh, I'm going on vacation with Jesus. <laughs> so I look forward to it every year. And and again, I think it's just a good, it's a good time. I mean, like sometimes when you get that free time, you just do what comes over you. It might be to cry and then fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a day wrecker or whatever. You just feel feel it, process it, and then you wake up and you're a little refreshed and you get, you can go for walks and they feed you and then you get you kind of like a spiritual tune-up, you know, just some things to think about and like not making your faith life super hard, just having a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus just every day. Like, okay, you know, where are we going today? And just being grateful at the end of the day and being simple about it, you know? Yeah. 
So you do this every year? Yeah. Now like this- I'm back on the wait list, which is sad for me because this year is a parents weekend at one of the universities that my kids go to the same weekend, which was a hard choice, but they're freshmen and I didn't want to leave them sure. without anyone when you're a single parent, you know, of twins. So I um, am going to do that and get back on the wait list, but I'll get back in. I love that. That's good. And I mean, all age groups, my daughter that's 24 has been going for the last two or three years and she loves it. Oh man, I want to try it. And the place is like a four-star resort. I do like that simple piece, Katie. I like how you talk about just simplifying what's going on because it is so complex. It's so heavy. Like Allie said, there's so much responsibility. The weight on your shoulder is huge. And to find some simplicity in your processing and find simplicity in life, I think is, I think it's important in a grief's journey is to celebrate when things can be simple and find ways to assist with that simplicity. It's really yeah. Nice way to put that. Yeah. Well, and there's some images out there. Like I had some really good images. There's like stations of the cross where you just ponder the life of Jesus. And at the end, there's a tomb. And he's in there and there was, this really struck me the first year, there was an angel on this gorgeous, huge bronzes with the arm outstretched to Jesus laying there. And all of a sudden, like I was overcome with tears and I didn't even know it was in me. And then all of a sudden I realized I released this fact that Mark died alone. Cause I'm like, this is Jesus right here. And the depiction is the angel is by, by his side. Oh. And, you know, so that wow. was really powerful my first year after Mark died. And I didn't even know it was in there. I didn't even know I was hanging on to it. It just wow. released when I saw this art, you know. Amazing. And then last year I was going through and it was talking about Mary. And it talked about Mary was already a widow right. when Jesus died. And I was like, she is a tough cookie. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, just some some good food for thought and some giving some of that up. Yeah. I sent Allie, uh, we were talking about visuals. I sent her something earlier this week that said, I know it's silly, but I still look for you everywhere that I go. And I look for Eric in every single place that I go. I went to the beach this morning to watch the sunrise. And I don't know what it is about the color red, but Eric must have worn it a lot. And so I'm always looking for him in his red swim trunks that like, Mark, Eric was a swimmer too. And he had these red swim trunks and Eric just, he had a swimmer's body too. And he had those arms, you know, the big shoulders shoulders and his swim trunks. And Eric was cool. Like swim trunks, like dudes today wear swim trunks that are like super short. Yeah. Longboard shorts. The hurly ones. Yeah. We had those red ones too. As cute as can be. And so I watched the sunrise and all I can think of is Eric literally rising out of the water alongside that sun. Like everywhere I go, I am looking for yeah, him. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think, you know, I, my advice on that is I feel like that's probably common for widows. That's just what we do. But we're so blessed because that's like we we were given a special grace to have eyes that others don't have. They're not looking for those signs. They're always there, but you have to be looking for them. And we were blessed with the, the eyes to see them because we have someone that we love in heaven. Yeah. You and know? It, it never stops yeah. for me. It never stops. No, we no. were in Delaware last year and one of the kids got out too far on the stand-up paddleboard and I was screaming like, come back, come back. She was like heading to Portugal or something. And I was <laughs> like, you got to parallel the shore. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. So then we're all in there. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just saying my morning prayers. And she goes, what are you praying about? And I said, I'm praying that maybe we see dad somehow in this day. Yeah. 
I'm not making this up. You've heard the story because I used it at the Night of Hope. It's like a miraculous thing. All of a sudden, I get out the, I'm just praying that we see dad in this day. And I smell fishy breath. And all of a sudden, underneath my kayak is a pod of dolphins. Oh, my God. And they just danced all around us. We have the most magical pictures. I put them on Facebook and people are like, how much did you have to pay for that dolphin excursion? And I was like, oh, that just that just happened in nature. And to just to tell you how special it is, we were in Delaware this summer again. We only saw them from afar. It was just amazing because wow, they stayed moment. with all of us and just just jumped and jumped and jumped. And I was like, it's those kind of things where I'm like, OK, God, love you, man. Love you, brother. Mm-hmm. Keep me with those eyes towards heaven and the eyes of wonder for the signs around me, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. That's beautiful. All right, guys. Well, it's probably time for us to sign off. Katie, do you have any last messages to send out to our widow, widower crew out there? Yeah, what would be your one advice to to a widow out there grieving? Oh, okay. A widow out there grieving. Um, My best advice is, well, everything that we've already said, but... What I like to say is just feel your feelings as they come up. They don't have to be a day wrecker, but you do have to release it. And you know, like how when you have an upset stomach and you like vomit, this sounds kind of crass, but you what? feel Poopy so much diarrhea. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as your Hank would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, you will feel so much better. But like grief and a little grief burst can be like that. Like then just ride it through, ride that song, put a song on that will kind of induce those tears and cleanse and get it out and then just like okay and then you wash your face and you just get on with your responsibilities some days if you have more time spend more time with it but if you don't don't deny the feelings just feel them as they come up and then just try to move through it and you know it's all part of the process love it i love it too i got one last question for you guys before we go tonight so i'd ask someone else this and if you guys were going to start a band like your very own band who would you choose as your lead singer? And you have four options, okay? Uh, Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder, Lane Staley, or Anthony Kiedis? We need more time. You have no idea what you just opened. You opened a can I of know. worms. It's a big one, right? And there's a lot to think about there. There's a lot But you opened about. a big can of worms. You have no idea. Okay, <laughs> why? Chris Cornell. You're Chris Cornell? Okay. But you guys, you guys, you guys. So I've only had three dreams of Mark in my whole five years almost. And the middle one was, so Mark was hugely into music. He went through major grief when Chris Cornell died, which is about two years before he did. And I said, finally, like, what's the deal? You're not related. You don't know him. Like, why are you so upset? And he's like, I just really feel connected to him. And I was like, okay. So I knew how much he was connected. Anyway, a couple of years ago, I woke up with this dream and I was so confused. But Mark, it was a dream and he was traveling for work, which he did. And he was meeting us at a destination, but he was late and he was late and he was late. And this is in a dream. And I'm like, where is he? And I'm covering for him with all the family. And he shows up late at night at this event in my dream. And he rings the doorbell and I answer the door. And he is there arm in arm with Chris Cornell. No. And I said, where have you been? I'm so happy to see you. But I'm like kind of mad because you never answered my calls and stuff. And he's like, me and Chris got tattooed. And then it fades out. And so I, I went to work that day just sort of like, I have not, I've only had like, you know, that was my second dream. I've had another one since then. And I told a person, a friend at work, and she's like, 
Katie, that's amazing. He basically just told you he's living his rock star dream in yeah. heaven. Yeah. Now Mark did not believe in tattoos. He did not have one. So that's the funniest part is he's not a tattoo guy, but he's living his rock star dream in heaven with Chris Cornell. I love it. They're together. I love that. Can of worms. They're for sure together. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Allie, would you miss Chris Cornell? Yes, of course. I, I've told you that was our, our wedding song. I like Chris Cornell a lot too, because he has so much raw talent and like, the guy is just amazing. But I think I would choose Lane Staley. But I have a thing for Eddie Vedder. They're all good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think like Anthony Kiedis, like he he kind of makes the chili peppers, right? And you kind of have to have flea with them. And they kind of have their own style. So I don't know if I like him as much. I got to say, I think I'm going to go with Lane Staley. I think that is where I'm going to land with who I would choose to start my band. But if I were going to have a second family, I would choose Eddie Vedder. but i'm not because i'm old and nice well never say never yeah (laughs) hank's having a rock star birthday party that will be the start (laughs) maybe we can get a cameo appearance yes i don't think i'm the hot enough widow to be gathering (laughs) attention so but anyways all right folks thanks for playing along we're gonna definitely do a question and answer soon for hot widows club podcast i want to hear what you guys want to know about us our journey our situation we don't always like answering some private questions so some things are going to be off limits but thank you katie oh my pleasure thank you guys so much so happy that you're here maybe you'll come back can help us answer answer questions and sounds like we're gonna maybe start a group yeah we got the group yeah so hit us up widows widowers and we'll we'll get this group going yes please all right guys signing off from the hot widows podcast have a good day bye everyone bye bye